0: So this is God's perspective. God's perspective of time is communicated to us in his emphasis on what is meaningful, what matters most and what does not matter, not what needs to happen in a chronological sequence or what needs to meet our earthly expectations of time. There was a robbery at a police station in my town, and it was pretty wild, first of all, that the robbery even took place. I mean, to rob a police station is pretty bold. But they stole all of their toilets, and the cops say they have nothing to go on. Hey everybody, welcome to episode 191. If it's your first time joining us, that's a dad joke for you. We start every episode that way. I hope it brought you a little bit of joy, especially because I totally feel like I failed my Daniel Radcliffe joke last week because I forgot to mention that Daniel Radcliffe is Harry Potter, and the whole punchline was dependent on the fact that J.K. Rowling is the author of Harry Potter. So I didn't realize that until after the fact. But anyway, thanks for putting up with me. Uh, If it's your first time listening, please rate and review this podcast. Uh, The content, not so much the dad jokes, but if you like those, then please give us five stars. If you haven't rated us in a while, it's always good to do that wherever you listen so that other people will find it. The best way to spread the word about this podcast is to share it with your family and friends. And if you choose to do that on social media, please tag us on Instagram at ManaFoodForThought. You can find all of our social media handles and ways to contact us on our website, ManaFoodForThought.com, as well as all of our blog and uh, other content, former podcast episodes or past podcast episodes. And while you're there, you can click on the give button if you feel so inclined, and you can give uh, to contribute to the financial cost of this podcast for as little as $1 a month and get uh, patron status and patrons get perks. And while you're there, uh, for free, click on the subscribe button and you will get our weekly psalm reflection straight in your inbox every Wednesday morning. That's the only thing that we send just one email a week uh, for you to help in your journey uh, to grow in the Sunday readings and your knowledge of the liturgy so it can deepen your relationship with Jesus in the mass. That's the whole point of this podcast and all the episodes that we do, all based on the readings. So anyways, without further ado, Thank you so much for joining us. Uh, Let's get into our joy, junk, and Jesus for this week. So, my joy is that we got to go to the kids' first Christmas tree lighting. We got to go with some people on the parish staff and our pastor, and kids had a great time. Um, So, it was a cool, like, first experience. Uh, It was chaotic. Uh, My junk is that, like, I don't know, like, with events like that, I don't know if this is, like, my personality And I don't know if any other parents can like chime in or let me know. But do you feel like when you like plan these like outings for your children that it's just like sounds really bad, but like miserable chaos, like you're always just like stressed about them, like not like running off or like putting things in their mouths or like, you know, and they just like take on this whole nother nature, like I'm going to go do this. I want to go do this. And they're like hyper emotional and like hyper reactive. And it's just like so... I'm at these things for like five minutes and I'm already exhausted, you know? And so part of that is definitely a me thing, I'm sure. But I'm wondering if anyone else has that experience. That was a little bit of my junk this past week. The kids especially have had kind of heightened emotions and difficulty listening. I think that they're getting kind of emotionally ready and dealing with the fact that there'll be a baby in the house soon in February and that they're not going to be, you know, Hannah's not going to be the little girl anymore. Levi's not going to be the baby anymore. So... They're both kind of, I think, processing that in their own way. So pray for us. Um, my Jesus moments. Um, one was um, I got invited to speak at a retreat uh, for a bunch of local parishes. So shout out to Our Lady of Peace, Korean Martyrs, and St. Thomas Korean Catholic Center. And Billy, thank you so much for uh, having me out and uh, letting me speak to all of your your fantastic teens. Shout out to Father Tony, too. It was great to see you there. Um, so, yeah, that was really wonderful. Uh, it's always great to... Um, to just share the gospel and especially in that setting when people don't have their phones they're in a new environment you know they're really kind of like more inclined to to hear and receive what the Lord is saying to them so uh, yeah I just really felt like the Holy Spirit was moving and I w- was praying that that everything went well for the rest of that retreat so and maybe you're listening and you were on that retreat and and so just know that uh, I'm praying for you so yeah that was a great Jesus moment from the weekend and also uh, my wife for Advent got me an escape room Advent calendar, which is just like a little, it's like a little book with, with daily puzzles that um, are really, really challenging. So um, yeah, I was doing some of those last night because I thought an Advent calendar would start on the first Sunday of Advent, but knowing that like material culture and how they market things for year to year, it always just starts December 1st. So I had I'd missed a few days. Uh, so yeah, I got to do that last night and it was super fun. I was like nerding out, um, yeah, at the end of the day. So I really love that kind of stuff. Anyway, that's why George Duncan Jesus would love to hear what's going on in your life. Uh, and yeah, any feedback you have about any of that, please let me know. But let's get into our episode this week. Uh, our episode is always based on the second reading for this upcoming Sunday, which is the second Sunday of Advent. We are in cycle B, which is predominantly in the gospel of Mark. But as I said, we're in the second reading. So this week we are in second Peter, chapter 3, verses 8 through 14. So, Second Peter is a letter written by Peter to the churches in Asia Minor. This is modern-day Turkey. And he'd written a letter like this before um, in modern-day Turkey or in, in uh, the areas of Asia Minor, places like Galatia, Ephesus, so where those letters of St. Paul are also directed. But this was meant to kind of be a letter that was circulated through different communities in that area. And Second Peter is kind of like Peter's farewell speech. During the time he wrote this was a heavy persecution against Christians by the Roman Emperor Nero. And Peter, uh, he, he basically says at the beginning of this letter, like, I don't know how long I have. Like, I don't know how much time I have left. So it's this kind of final exhortation, uh, this final challenge to, like, love one another well. And it's a final warning also to not listen to the false teachers and the distorted theology that is going around from these people professing to be part of Christianity, part of the way, but they are misrepresenting the gospel. And so this is uh, in the final part of that letter, warning them about the fact that, yes, Jesus will come back, like listen to our message, don't fall into kind of the comfortable messages of these other people that are telling you to go this way or that way to this, you know, prevailing philosophy or whatever. Like this is is what matters is the gospel and that Jesus will return. So that's kind of what, uh, what Peter is talking about in this passage. So this is toward the end of the letter. Uh, pay attention just to uh, how Peter is addressing these issues and what he wants to kind of leave in his final farewell speech to these communities in Asia Minor. So this is a reading from Second Peter chapter three verses eight through fourteen. Do not ignore this one fact, beloved, that with the Lord one day is like a thousand years and a thousand years like one day. The Lord does not delay His promise, as some regard delay. But he is patient with you, not wishing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. But the day of the Lord will come like a thief, and then the heavens will pass away with a mighty roar, and the elements will be dissolved by fire and the earth, and everything done on it will be found out. Since everything is to be dissolved in this way, what sort of persons ought you to be? Conducting yourselves in holiness and devotion waiting for and hastening the coming of the day of God, because of which the heavens will be dissolved in flames and the elements melted by fire. But according to His promise, we await new heavens and a new earth in which righteousness dwells. Therefore, beloved, since you await these things, be eager to be found without spot or blemish before Him at peace the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Mm. So the things that stood out to me in this, particularly this phrase at the very beginning of the reading, with the Lord, one day is like a thousand years and a thousand years like one delay. The Lord does not delay his promise. God is outside of time. So before even time began, like God existed, he is eternity, like time works differently for him. doesn't mean it's not sequential in some way that our experience of that in heaven won't be in some way sequential but it's just different and so God can move through time and be present to all times at once so God is then now and will be simultaneously he is eternally present to every time and so recognizing that puts God at a grander perspective that like things if they're not happening happening on our timeline doesn't mean that they're not happening In the way that God intends and that God is not present to them or causing them to be uh, just maybe in a way or in a timeline that's foreign to our expectations there's two words for time that are used in the gospels or predominantly in biblical Greek Uh, one is chronos and chronos is where we get the word chronological that's sequential time okay so whenever we're talking about time like I'll see you tomorrow or in two hours um, you know what time is it we're talking about chronological time and that's how our lives are ordered we think of things in chronological time. We always have a timeline in mind when we're praying for something. We expect God to work in a chronological sequence within a timeline that fits our expectations. That doesn't mean that's a correct expectation, but that's generally what we expect. But the word that is more often used for God in association with time and things of the spiritual life is the word kairos. And kairos is kind of like the... Like if you were to, to use the phrase like a time such as this, or it seems as though it's the right time in my life to, Like it's kind of, it, it's a different way of experiencing time. It's a a time that's not bound by earthly chronological expectations or deadlines, but it's just that feeling of, of rightness and appropriateness that it's at the proper pre, not necessarily preordained, but at the proper time for everything to kind of come together in the way that the Lord intends or the way that's going to produce uh, abundance. I think you kind of get, you know, what I mean here. So it's not like couples get married and they say, we're going to start having children on February 2nd, three years from now. Like not chronologically. They say, you know, like when they're dating, like, okay, we'll know the right time for us to get married or for us to have children when that comes. Like it's that type of word for time. It's more of like a, a uh, a realization, a experience outside of chronological ordered time, you could say. Um, and so this is a- another way that God operates. He operates in Kairos. We expect him to oper- in kro- operate in chronos. Like, God, I expect you to work in the next week or the next year to find me my future spouse or my job or to help with this financial situation. I need you to work right now to help get me out of the sin or whatever it is. And God is waiting for the opportune time where the most blessing and goodness possible can come to us and from whatever it is that he is waiting for us to experience, whatever he has planned for us. There's this great joke. Uh, it goes something like this, that that uh, a, a man is praying and, and he says, uh, you know, Lord, I, I know that your ways are above our ways and your thoughts are above our thoughts. And I know in the Bible, it says that with one day is like, a thousand years and a thousand years, like one day. And he says, you know, like, what about, what about a million dollars, Lord? What is a million dollars to you? And the Lord says, a million dollars to me, my child is just like a penny to you. And, um, and, and, and God, and the man says like, you know, and, and you're outside of time. Like, you know, what is, what is a million hours to you? And he says, oh, a million hours to me or a million years, even is just like a minute. He says, wow, you know, and then he gets back to this, I can't believe like a million dollars. It's just like a penny to the Lord. And then he has an idea and he says, Lord, I've been faithful to you my entire life. You know, I'm struggling right now. Can I have a penny? And the Lord says, absolutely, my child. I I will absolutely give you a penny. Just hold on for one minute. I love that joke because it's just, it demonstrates, you know, our expectations are one thing. We're looking in in, in a certain way for them. God is going to fulfill them, but in his time. It says in Revelation, in chapter 1, verse 8, he says, I am the Alpha and the Omega, says the Lord God, the one who is and who was and who is to come, the Almighty. We use a word for this called the God is omnipresent, that he's not only present in all places at all times, but he's also present in all times at all times. That's repeated in Revelation 22, 13. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the first and the last, the beginning and the end. God describes himself as one that's not confined by time and that was present before time began and so obviously would not be bound by his creation because as creator, he is far and above the capabilities and the expectations of his creation. Second Timothy 1, 9 says this, where Timothy is saying, or Paul is writing to Timothy that, that God saved us and called us to a holy life, not according to our works, But according to his own design and the grace bestowed on us in Christ Jesus before time began. God is outside of this reality of time. He existed before time even began. In Psalm 90, in verses 2 and verse 4, this is reiterated, before the mountains were born, the earth and the world brought forth from eternity to eternity, you are God. And it continues, a thousand years in your eyes are merely a day gone by. So this is God's perspective. God's perspective of time is communicated to us in his emphasis on what is meaningful, what matters most and what does not matter, not what needs to happen in a chronological sequence or what needs to meet our earthly expectations of time. And it reminds me of these kind of fundamental questions. These come from Matthew Kelly. I can't remember in what book or or what resource he wrote them. But I think about these questions often because these are what he argues are the four fundamental questions that operate all of our lives that we're constantly asking throughout the entire course of our life. And the the answers to this change, but they should always be fundamentally rooted in the Lord. And if they're not, we're still going to feel like there's some kind of dissatisfaction or lack of fulfillment in our life. And the questions are, are simple. Who am I? What is my purpose? What matters most and what matters least? Who am I? What is my purpose? What matters most and what matters least? So who am I rooting our identity in the fact that we are children of God who is outside of time, that he's in control, that our purpose comes from him and that we have clues and hints to that as to what our talents, our abilities are, our inclinations, where we have charisms of the Holy Spirit that we're discerning and our values that we inculcate and that we we firmly set in our families or in our own personal lives in terms of what matters most and what matters least so we can prioritize things like our vocation and not get lost in pursuing lesser things that yes, might meet our gifts that we might be good at, but we don't necessarily need to do. And so all of this kind of talk of God being outside time, I know it kind of helps put into perspective for me and hopefully for you, what matters most to what matters least, because if God is outside of time and he's talking in this reading about the fact that one day he will come and everything will be dissolved and pass away and a new heaven and a new earth will be created. We'll enter into that timelessness with God. It's better for us now to start to adjust from chronological time expectations to Kairos time and simply be discerning like, when is it the time that God wants me to do X? What does God want me to do in this season of my life? What matters most? All of this, brothers and sisters, all of this will be gone, destroyed, all that we put our time and effort into. The things that will we will be calling to mind on our deathbed or at the end of our life will not be the tasks we did not accomplish. There will be souls, relationships of loved ones that we will miss, people that we wish we'd shared the gospel. Our own soul will come to mind. Am I ready to face the Lord, to face judgment? We'll be thinking of people we wish we had more time with, people we wish we could be reconciled with, people we love we want to see one more time. But when heaven is our goal, and we share the good news with others, we don't have to worry in those moments, in that moment at the end of our life, because our souls are not of this earth. They will never be destroyed. And if we've done our job for ourselves and in evangelizing others, we will see them all again in heaven. And heaven is full of love and reconciliation and unity and joy. So all of those things that we feel like we might miss with those souls left on earth, we'll be able to rectify that in heaven if we make sure that we get ourselves there and tell as many other people about it as possible. Because we cannot take anything with us. We cannot take anything with us, but we can take people. And we can help take them to heaven by evangelizing. And yes, they have to make the choice of their own free will. They have to repent. They have to follow the Lord. We cannot take them like objects, but we can welcome them onto that path to heaven by evangelizing them. By recognizing a lot of the things that we worry about don't matter most. At the end of our life, those things will pass away and that the things that we're maybe holding on to or clinging to like god i need this to happen in this time frame god is thinking way outside of that timeline he's thinking about kairos time he's thinking about what's going to get you to a season in your life to the point in your life when you recognize that you're made for eternity that you're made to ascend and transcend beyond chronological time and expectations into the heavenly and eternal reality of god's presence you can hold on to things that will be destroyed, or things that prevent you from sharing the good news things like pride, fear, doubt, complacency, laziness, comfort. But those are only going to end with eternal separation, punishment, condemnation that we bring upon ourselves because we tell God, No, I know you've revealed to me the eternal glory of heaven, but I want to hold on to these things. And we can hold on to them, we can grasp onto them, but either way, they're going to be destroyed. And so, we can, we can well up in our pride and say, no, like I don't want to share the good news. I'm too afraid. I'm too doubtful. Or we fall into complacency or laziness or comfort and we don't share the good news with other people. But then when everything else is destroyed that is distracting us so that we find more comfortable, what are we really going to be valuing or missing or wishing we had want, done differently? So brothers and sisters, what are you waiting for? Because we don't know, as we've heard, through the end of the liturgical year and the beginning of this new one we don't know the day or the hour when this will happen everything will be dissolved by fire everything will be recreated into a new heaven and a new earth and we will be judged and determined does our eternal soul go into eternal union with god or eternal punishment because we've separated ourselves from god and we've not repented or prioritized the things that tell god that we want to be in a relationship with him will there be others that we miss that we at the end of our life wish we had more time with, that we miss out on that opportunity in heaven because we didn't evangelize them. So brothers and sisters, I I pray that as you read this reading and you reflect on it this Sunday, and hopefully before that, as you're looking at the readings throughout this week to prepare for your Sunday Mass uh, experience, that you would recognize like God is doing something far beyond our purview, far beyond the ways that we get so focused on today and our timeline And we can get wrapped up in things that we think matter most and think matter least. But when we think about time from God's perspective and the grand plan that he has in place and our role in it, we can realize like other things matter more. Relationships, souls. And at the end of my life, what am I really going to regret? Am I going to wish I had worked more or I'd taken fewer days off or I had gone and traveled the world more? I mean, we might miss some of the experiential things, but I think most of all, we're going to wish we had more time with the people that we loved. And guess what? You can have eternity with the people that you love if they know the good news of Jesus Christ, if they respond to the truth. And the person that God has placed in their lives to share it with them is probably you. So let's remove our focus from the things that we want and we want to see in our timeline happen for us and start to look at time from God's perspective and think about, It is such a time as this that we should finally maybe get up and evangelize because we don't know the day or the hour. We don't know Kairos. We don't know when all these things will come to fruition. And so let's get moving, brothers and sisters, so that we can really solidly ground ourselves on the firm foundation of Jesus Christ and in our answers to the questions, Who am I? What is my purpose? What matters most? What matters least? Will it happen in a thousand years? Will it happen in a minute? To God, both of those might be the same thing. So for us, we need to always be ready and always be sharing the good news with those who are ready and willing to hear it. And sometimes we don't know that and all we have to do is try. And so, brothers and sisters, this week, go out and try. That's all I have for you this week. God bless you. And until next time, I will see you in the Eucharist. Bye.